0: Talking Toro fifty eight coming live from Lecce. Well not really live from Lecce, I'm 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 in Valletta Malta. Rob, where are you?
1: I'm in Polesworth, North Warwickshire.
0: Polesworth, North Warwickshire. Yeah, um, I think we've forgotten how to do this and Torino had forgotten how to win. But pod's back. Toro have won again. Um mate, we've got to be optimistic. Do you know what this is?
1: What?
0: This is the best start to the season Torino <laughs> have had under Ivan Yurich. Wow. Did you know that? Wow, <laughs> did you know
1: that incre- that is incredible. I this mean- is
0: a stat this is a stat of the day I just I just came across. Because in a hotel in, in this hotel room at this time of year. Well not this specific room, it'd be a bit weird, but it's this specific hotel for um yeah, about ten years. And Torino always win when I watch a game in this hotel room. And I remember beating Sampdoria two seasons ago when Pryor, I think Pryor played very well, um, May have scored, and Belotti's I remember Blotti scored possibly his 100th Torino goal. I digress. But yeah, I had a look at the start to the season the Urich. There was 11 points the first season, 11 points the second season, 12 this season. We're, f- we're going to finish ninth, mate. Wow. It's on. That's,
1: that's, honestly, that's honestly the the sort of start we need. That's the, that's the problem we've been having. it says like, so, if Paul starts to the season, oh, we've got that extra point well um yeah there's no stopping us now
0: well, to be fair, we have played I mean we've played five teams we never normally beat and lost the most of them, so yeah, it's on we yeah, we've got a good yeah. month ahead yeah. Copa, the copper. the road to the Copper Italia starts on Thursday. We'll come to that a bit later, but it's time to be positive.
1: Yeah, should we? Um, before we get the positivity out of the way, are we going to mention the fact that we just uh, went on strike and decided not to do a podcast after the interdefeat?
0: There's no strike. It was just uh, <laughs> it was a it was it was a lack of availability. But you, yeah. you can call it right. I feel like I
1: fact. feel like if we beat it a little bit more, nil, I feel like if we'd beat it into three nil, we may have um, somehow managed to get our diaries together. But yeah, we we will we'll well, gloss over that.
0: I I. I'll gloss out, I did offer you a slot, and you said no. So I did. Yeah, you were on I strike. Did. I was on strike. I, yeah. Despite, I despite a busy, despite a busy... I say, the, despite a busy schedule, I was I was willing to make time but, for Toro. Yeah. No, I won't. I won't watch.
1: go. I won't go into detail about the reasons why I uh, was not available on Monday. <laughs> Don't think our listeners need to hear about my um, my building issues. Your building issues,
0: but anyway. Uh I'll start with a bit of a s a bit of a sad question, but obviously probably the defining moment in the inter game, which I didn't watch because I was away way work, was uh Perchers getting injured. It made me think if you could if you could choose one three day player not to get an ACL for the entire season, so you could protect one player, but like, like one this one player would be available for every game. Who like it's quite an interesting question. Who would have you saved from that fate?
1: For, for, uh, for Alessandro Bongiorno
0: well <laughs> clearly clearly, <laughs>
1: because uh, I think we've well we'll get on to the Lecce game as well but I don't think it's any coincidence that even with a sort of makeshift defence uh, Bongiorno comes back in and we just automatically look a little bit more solid defensively Not nothing against obviously Shears or any other player in the Toro squad but I think Bongiorno adds that sort of just a little bit more um, grinter that sort of Torino passion that we need and I mean, we started the season pretty poorly. Imagine if we sold um, Bongiorno, I can, I can only try to imagine what was happening. I say started the season poorly in your context. We started the season amazingly well.
0: But yeah, I mean to answer the question, which Schürrle would have been pretty high up the list, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I mean, do do Van get onto? Him. I mean, he. I thought he was horrendous when he came on today. But you probably would have protected Duván Van Bongiorno is a good call. I, in a weird way, I'm not sure about our backup goalkeepers, Um, yeah. um But other than that, is a pretty big loss for me, I think. Yeah. No,
1: I think it's... it's uh, well, again, we'll get into we'll get it a little bit later as well. But I think the reaction to the, the players uh, following the injury probably sort of seems to suggest that he's quite a popular member of the squad, not that I think any... Players are sort of cheering players to, uh, teammates to get ACLs either, but I think had any player um, suffered such an in, uh, an injury, they'd be um, sort of that, that sympathetic. And, and to be honest, actually, can you remember the last sort of very long-term injury that a Toro has had? I can't really remember anybody sort of having a season-ended injury sort of, sort of pre-Christmas. Obviously, Pellegrini
0: gets injured every other week, but somebody to be well, out David- for such a long time. David Zima made his first appearance since 8th for January. So wow,
1: I mean, yeah, but I feel like Zima has like come back and then broken down again and then been injured again. For, but it was for, yeah, for, for, for to have a continuous injury.
0: Yes, yeah, it's weird. in Malta. They play. They have the same world feed as the UK, but with, with an Italian commentator who I've got to say was a lot more. On it than um, some of the commentators who get in the UK. And yeah, when Zima came on, he's, I mean, I haven't even verified this, but it sounds right. It, Zima's not played since the 8th of January, which is wow. he's nearly a year. And the other nice thing was, um, and they've stopped doing this in the UK coverage, I've noticed that the, it's quite tight to kind of keep times now. Like, they come in about a few minutes before and the yeah. dispatches have gone. Because often, quite the, the interesting bit is those few minutes like post game. Yeah. Um. And they just let this let it run for about five minutes, and the audio picks up all kinds of things as well, which is quite interesting. But yeah, the Lecce there was the kind of Lecce fans were being quite resolute, and the Torino fans were. I've got to say, Torino when they travel to Salento is always a pretty good support. I always find it's a better support when we play in Salento than we, than we play in Lazio and those kind of places. It's must have a kind of hardcore kind of group of supporters down there. But yeah, it was a, the Torino fans were singing V-Volume or Così you know, carry on like this basically and um yeah, it was quite nice to see that. It was quite nice just to get that kind of extra little bit of uh extra little bit of context at the end of the game. Yeah, viewers
1: life. viewers in the UK were um I'm not sure if treated to is the right word, but uh TNT obviously had some issues with their world feed because didn't have commentary for the first half hour. Then they completely lost coverage of thought uh Blessing. So that's a so, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so they miss. So I, I'm pretty sure they missed the goal. I had to watch it on a, um, yeah, a, a gambling uh, site that is not too uh, you're not too fond of because owned by the owners of Stoke City. But yeah, that is where I saw the goal. And um, yeah, they did manage to sort out their issues uh, by the second half. Unfortunately, it was no no. um I might call him Patrick Dempsey? But that's that's the guy from ER, isn't it? Paul Dempsey. There's no, Paul yeah. Dempsey. Um, and yeah, I think they is it no. It's Grey's Anatomy, isn't it? Not, yeah. And this has turned into a very different podcast. Um, but yeah, no, they, they there was something, I can't remember what, but within five minutes, the commentator had made quite a clear error in sort of getting sort of a name wrong or or, or sort of position wrong. Oh, that was it. I remember Tameze came on and they said um, central defender Adrian
0: Tameze. Has been of late, my friend. Yeah, exa- ex-
1: exactly, exactly. But I feel like that's... I feel like his entire career where he's played in midfield probably is the, the more uh, compelling argument for his position.
0: Yeah, I'd say, I I mean, in a nutshell, it was it was not a bad game. It was relatively entertaining, I thought. I, th- I sat there in the second half, and I don't know if I'm slightly kind of beaten up from six weeks of and more of working pretty hard, but I didn't ever feel Lecce were going to score. I was pretty kind of confident we were going to hang on. Okay, you never know, but it was a, But it was also the classic kind of performance. When you're on a bad run you don't often turn it around by winning 3-0 and playing like Brazil in 1970. You've often got to g- grind it out um, go back to basics and Jürich picked a, a kind of very back to basics team in my opinion. Um, but I think it's a kind of really good spring springboard win. Um, but I never really felt, apart from maybe the first 20 minutes where I think the game could have gone anyway but I didn't really feel Lecce posed that much much threat. And I've got to say, I think the first twenty minutes of the second half, maybe Salonitana aside, but they Salonitano were so bad when we played them it didn't really count. But I think the first twenty minutes of the second half are the best we played this season, most controlled, and probably should have got the second goal during that period of dominance. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. That's, that's probably the, the period of the of the game which I was able to watch the sort of most in uninterrupted and uh, on a, an actual TV screen rather than a phone screen. And yeah, agreed, we looked, looked like a competent football team. I, get, I, mean, and, I mean, going back, obviously, we didn't really do a, a podcast on Inter. I actually thought we didn't look too bad in the first half against Inter. Um, this team's problem, I think, is, is sort of resilience and sort of knowing how to uh, respond to adversity and... As soon as it happened in the derby, it happened against Inter. As soon as the first goal goes against them, their heads down, and and then quite quickly the second goal follows. And like I say, Adlec got the, the goal in the in the first half. I think we'd win discussing a very very different game. Um, I think Guajardo adds a little bit of just that, like, like I say, a little bit more solidity. A little bit even, I think there was um, a moment in the. F- might be in the second half when Sanabria um, chases back and um, sort of make, makes a tackle and um, puts out for a corner, breaking up an attack, and obviously Bongiorno's there and, and sort of greets him as if he's sort of scored a goal, that just sort of thing, that just sort of continuing to support your teammates once they do a positive action, especially when Sanabria in an unfamiliar position, that sort of thing, which i not not told not to against Rodriguez, but he's not that sort of passionate character where he's going to sort of give somebody that sort of praise after after doing something like that Bongiorno is a little bit more maybe emotional probably because of his attachment to the club um, and yeah I think we once we'd scored I wasn't that concerned, I, I never really felt there was probably just a, maybe the last little last attack of the game, it looked like there was an overload on the right hand side but Lecce managed to um, mess it up um, but yeah, I think it. like you said, we've got a pretty kind run of fixtures on paper Um and, yeah, it'll be down to maybe trying to get a few players back and, and sort of seeing how, how we can sort of maybe get our season back on track. Well,
0: shall should, should we tell the story again through the Pageli? We've only yeah, ever done yeah. this once before. Yeah, no problem. Um, I've just got to remember who played. But, OK, Big Vanya. Big Vanya. Uh, uh, maybe
1: a did... good, good couple of stops
0: first what, 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 what about, what, what, no... Yeah, what I noticed about Vanya, have you ever seen him wear shorts? Never, have you ever seen his legs?
1: Uh, now I think of it, does he wear trousers? He doesn't wear trousers. He's not, like, he's not Gabor Karai.
0: He wears long leggings, though, the whole time. Yeah. never seen his legs. Wow, it sounds like you really want to see his legs, Peter. I don't, I just... It's just one of those things that I haven't... I you know, sat there and just, like, he's always wearing those tights and... Uh, how, many, how many drinks bit, have you had in Peter? A bit weird. But, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Um... Vanya, yeah, made a couple of good saves. Second half didn't really have much to do, but first half, a couple of good saves. There was one opportunity first half again on the on the small screen, so couldn't really see it? I was convinced it'd gone in, but he saved it with his legs. Um so yeah, I don't think we can have too much of a uh, argument with Vanya. Let's go for a six point five.
0: Yeah, go six point five. They're two decent saves in the first half. I think the second one you referred to, yeah, it was probably the T V angle. Yeah. Because the first time you saw it, it looked like it was kind of looped over him, but actually it was a pretty good stop. Um, There's quite a funny moment in the second half where he collided with an opposition player and did the. It was such a dive, wasn't it? The delayed reaction about 10 10 seconds later going, ow. It's pretty hilarious.
1: We've bemoaned the fact that Torino don't really have many sort of. For want of a better phrase, bastards in the team. Van is a bastard. Like, there's no getting away from that. And he, like, I mean, his yellow card stats for a goalkeeper must be pretty high up there in, in terms of the top five uh, leagues in Europe. He, he, I mean, I think he must have been near to double figures last season just for time wasting or just getting in, involved unnecessarily. Um, and yeah, a little bit of professionalism whilst you one there one 0 up away from home, make the most of a. Um, I made mean, the most of an injury. That's that, that's um yeah I'm not gonna criticize that. Just just to sorry, just to go back and know we discussed Sher's injury. Um little word on Barella.
0: Uh I did I didn't I didn't see the I saw there was a lot of people quite annoyed with Barella that he yeah. kind of so ins, the, in, in in kind of insinuated that Scherzer had dived or was making the most I, of it. I, I um, think
1: he, I think he was I think his his frustration was that that it, it wasn't a foul which it wasn't. Um and he was very, very annoyed at that fact that free kick was given. The foul was given. I think the foul was by Mkhitaryan. Well, it wasn't really a foul. It was just, it was just unfortunate. It was coming together. Scherz lands badly, does does the injury. Borella just uh, seems absolutely exasperated, gets booked for the scent and is screaming. And he claimed that he didn't see that the injury was see- as serious as it is. Now, I'm not an optician, but he's five yards away from him. Um, he's facing him and shares is quite clearly screaming in pain. Um, if Barella didn't see that, then I'm not sure he should be on a football pitch. Um, so, yeah, there was a little bit of talk that he sort of apologised to, to Juric as he came off. Um, but, yeah, I feel like the apology probably needs to go, be going to Pershingers. But, anyway, yeah, I digress. Fan
0: of, not, not a big fan of Barella. He's, he's annoying like Verratti. But, um, anyway, moving on. Um, right-sided centre-back Voivoda.
1: Yeah, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? I saw it in the uh, predicted team's uh, sort of either yesterday or this morning but yeah it seemed to come out of left field uh, probably speaks volumes as well. literally
0: literally came from left field <laughs> probably probably
1: speaks for um, for Sazanoff's performance against Inter off the bench um, but yeah uh, a sort of a available uh, centre-back was was not preferred but yeah I, again I don't think he did anything wrong I don't think he could uh, have any arguments Um the way that obviously we, we play and, and sort of try and get overlaps potentially from that sort of right side and centre-back position, having a genuine fallback there isn't the the worst idea in the world. So, um, yeah, I think it works quite well. I, I'll, I'll give a six for, for immersion.
0: It's getting very boring. I'll give a six as well. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he did well. And I actually think it's a little bit more progressive to have someone who's not necessarily um an out and out defender in that position. I thought he kind of came out with the ball quite well a few times. Um when he was sloppy, he was actually he's got that kind of recovery pace and energy to make up for it. So when he did make a mistake, it wasn't particularly fatal. Yeah, six um and probably and then just
1: sorry, just to go back on on that for a second, probably one of the frustrations that I think we've mentioned in previous pods that that Ina and, S- and Sango never uh, made an appearance in that position, maybe because there was no need there. But Ina's played on the right of a back three in the Premier League. Sango currently playing there for Monaco, I believe. Um, whether that's a missed opportunity that you had players with those attributes who maybe um, crossing wasn't their their best attribute, but they still would be able to add uh, something in attacking sense more more than more than Gigi potentially. But obviously, uh, uh, Juric is is. Hands are tied a little bit, and he's had to sort of rely on the players who were available.
0: Um, man of the match, probably Alessandro Bongiorno.
1: Yeah, probably. Um, probably time to to mention my uh, my anecdote because after he scored, I did send you a um, a betting slip that I'd had a, a little free bet uh, win R- on R- Bongiorno R- to score.
0: Robert Tonali over there.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, me, me Sandro, uh, Nic- <laughs> Nicola and the Nicolos were, uh, yeah, we were just hanging out in the WhatsApp group. But, um, but yeah, no, <laughs> I, I told you there was a funny story about it and I'll, I'll leave it for the pod. But I had a dream last night that he scored. <laughs> but so when I woke up, I was like, oh, I've got this free bet. I'll whack it on Bon there to score. And obviously when it happened, but just to add a little bit more in, about the dream, uh, I was in the away end at Lecce as I've been before. Um and it was, so it was quite clear in the dream and I was like I wasn't even a hundred percent sure if Bongiorno was fit, so I was sort of like double checking obviously that he was in the starting lineup and that he started and put the bet on. And the, the funny thing in the dream was that he scored the, the, the consolation goal in a four nil uh there'd be a four nil down, scored a consolation, but still celebrated in the same way. <laughs> he did the little morning coffee uh, routine, uh which yeah, which morally made it stand out a little bit more in my dream, but yeah. Um, yeah thanks very much for that Alessandro you've genuinely really tried really hard ever, ever since what? I've criticised him he's he's become what? quite a key member of this team
0: how much did you win? it was £70 wow so might be, uh, tell- might,
1: be it might be a drink in that for you at some point Peter
0: the Italian commentator um, when he scored went bon cafe <laughs> so there you go yeah, still There's
1: not still not gonna be enough for me to drink coffee, but um yeah, I might I might treat you to a coffee at some stage. What are you giving him then? Uh, seven point five. I thought you without the goal, I thought he was um just you could tell that we would missed him so much, just his aerial presence in the box, just the way that he sort of sometimes he went out running run in the second half and it just adds so much to that team. Um I think like on a technical level, uh, physical level, he's progressed so much from the the player that we saw even this time last season, where I might have criticized him, I think, I can't remember. Um, but um yeah, no, this this team, uh, I think we've seen ever since he got injured against Lazio has just been almost non existent, come straight back in. Obviously not the only reason, although he did score the winning goal, but uh yeah, had he not I mean, had he not been fit. For this game, like I I dread to think what the what the starting lineup would have been in, in the defensive sense. So, imagine Royvada still would have been there, and I suppose, would have came in. But yeah, just definitely um we, we miss him when he's not there.
0: I'm gonna give him an eight because I think Oof. the leadership uh yeah, made a big difference. All right, the next player, uh, it's quite interesting again watching Italian TV. You don't know, it in um English commentary, with certain players that always when they get the ball, it's always the first name and the second name. Yeah. And it, every time this player got the ball, it's Ricardo Rodriguez, <laughs> Ricardo Rodriguez, Ricardo Rodriguez. It's just like, calm down. It's just like, it was upset. maybe it's because it's, he's so slow with the ball, he's got time to give both names. But I mean, this is this probably
1: going to add to the fact that I've written down the team here and I've just put, uh, uh, I've not yeah. even bothered to write down Rodriguez. So maybe he's, Psychologically, I also refer to him as Ricardo Rodriguez.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a six and a half for me. It was a classic. Made fouls when he needed to make fouls. Um, Very steady, positional play great, distribution okay. Um, But I thought he had a good game.
1: I just, I don't think really, since he, since under Yurich, I don't think I could even remember one poor game that he's had. He's just missed a consistency his hair's never out of place. He, like, a, I may have sort of slightly criticized in, in terms of leadership earlier, but he is sort of probably the, I think once we look back at Juric, if this is the end of his um, sort of time at the club, at the end of the season, I think Rodriguez will probably be the sort of almost the, the poster boy for that era, just the way that he came in, he was totally unfancied, so close to leaving the club um, and the previous managers came in sort of found a position in a system and as well now we've gone on to make over a hundred appearances uh, for Torino and if obviously at some stage if when he whenever he leaves the club I think he'll be remembered very fondly, which would never have been I don't think AB would in the wildest dreamers would imagine that in his sort of first season at the club. 6.5
0: right,
1: six, uh, six, Val- six, 6. as well, sorry. Uh
0: okay Valentina Lazzaro, I'll go I thought he was okay I think he's a little bit timid at the moment. Um, I think we're very short in that position, so we're not kind of maybe rotating as much as we could, even even with kind of options off the bench. He was solid, a bit disappointed with him in the final third. I thought he should have scored um, late on. Um, I think it's a six for me.
1: Was the, um, the exact moment that the TNT commentary, uh, well, t- TNT footage sort of uh, broke out was just as there was a, sort of a, a scuffle on the touchline, which I think involved in Luzaro getting booked. Uh, so, yeah, not quite sure exactly what happened there. But if, if you remember Lecce last season, uh, Strafetso, who seems to be out of favour because he was on the bench today, um, their, their behaviour in that game last season was pretty diabolical. And Torino almost got himself dragged into it as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I sort of imagined it being something similar. And there's something about Roberta Diversa that I don't know. He looks, he's a bit, I sun, don't he's a bit like sun, his face.
0: It's a bit Sunday league, isn't he?
1: Yeah, it, it, it just looks very smug. Um, and other than sort of the spell he had at Palmer, I don't think he's had that great of a career, but sort of continues to sort of get get decent decent jobs in this area. Uh, uh
0: vote for Lazaro.
1: Uh, yeah, six. I think that's fair.
0: Right, on the other side is the chaos theory that has Raul Bellanova. He's very expressive. Um uh, it's quite interesting. Again, the feed at half time. He was having a long chat with Pellegrini. I think Pelegri was kind of having a go at him, um, about not getting crosses in and and, he, or, and they were, or they were talking
1: about what score they were gonna bet on the Verona game.
0: And and Bellanova just kept saying, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know like this. Um yeah, he's a player of, I thought he was the the shining light in the Turin Derby, which is saying something. But he's a player who's kind of relying on his physicality a bit. I don't think he's really settled into. Um, I don't know. He's just, it he just, he's just very scattergun. He's not really kind of settled down at all. You don't really know what it's going to do when when it comes to him. I'm a bit worry, I worry about him defensively. He did okay. Um, I think it's six to ten for him as well, but See, not I-
1: I wonder whether there was a conversation, I think you've mentioned it pre- on the previous pod as well, whether there was an argument for Bellanova to be the third centre-back other than Voivodo. I think physically looks more of a sort of central defender build. Um, he's just a physically strong man. I'm not sure how tall he is. I'm not sure if he's six foot, but he's a big frame um, for a young man. Um so yeah, I wonder whether there was some conversation there and um as to whether Voivoda played on the on on the right wing back position and, and Bellanova dropped further back. But yeah, he, he at least the, the thing with Bellanova, I don't think he's had the greatest start to the career, and I've had some technical issues in terms of his crossing previously, but he does look like he cares, um, which isn't something a lot of this squad you could sort of say in previous games, whether they're just out of form and they're just not feeling it. Um but yeah, at least Bellanova exp- he expresses himself quite clearly as to as to what he's thinking and what he's feeling and and he's sort of wanting other players to do better. Um and yeah, I don't think you can criticize him for that. So I'll go for a six point five.
0: Very good. All right, in midfield, um it was a classic Carol Linetti game. Um was almost quite happy to see him in there. Uh he got his customary book customary booking, um, kind of constantly around the referee without Right, necessarily moaning the whole time, but he seems to like mark the referee quite well. Um, Carol Lennetti is Carol Lennetti, isn't it? He's he's not the kind of box-to-box player he was at Sampdoria. Uh, but in this kind of game, he's, he's very reliable. I think he looks a lot lighter than he has in the past for Torino. He's often, to me, looked a little bit on the bulky side. Uh, I, yeah, it was good. And I, I thought he grew into the game. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go higher than a six point five, but I think he was, I think he was very solid.
1: Yeah, I think he, talking about players who have sort of reinvented themselves under under Juric, I think a lot. I think I've probably said it before, but Juric and um, deserves a lot of credit for the way that a number of occasions he looked like he's on his way out of the club, and he's played his way back into the squad. Uh, he probably could go off and and start somewhere. There was rumours he'd be going back to Poland for for Lech Poznan, but he sort of stayed, fought for his place and and with the sort of form of Richie and, and Illich, probably a good job that, that he did stay because he gives us that extra, extra option, a little bit more physicality in midfield. And again, he, when he has a bad game, it's very, very bad. But other than that, he's very, very solid.
0: All right, next time was a bit of a surprise. Uh, as the uh, Italian commentator was going. Um, is he the Illich that we didn't spend 20 million pounds on or 20 million euros on? Um when he made his debut against Milan, he got a very silly booking early on, which I think conditioned his performance and he got hooked at half time. He got a booking, I think, after nine minutes in this game as well. And I thought, oh, he's going to go at halftime. I'm a bit worried about him. He was really good in the first half. I think he's got quite good long-range passing, uh, good vision, um, moves uh, moves around the pitch quite nicely. Thought he faded quite a lot in the second half, but it was encouraging that kind of Juricic kept him on until 10 minutes to go um i think yeah very interesting player um i think it was a six and a half for me
1: yeah no i think that's fair i think we we've bemoaned the fact the fact that we've not had um sort of players come through for the primavera and obviously usually when you think about primavera players you think about homegrown players but obviously in in the start of 11 you've got bonjourno you've got unitis uh, who've come up through the academy, people who have, have been watching them for a few years and sort of find... And the, the really strange thing about Genesis is he's never even had a loan away from, from Toro, who's literally sort of moved straight from uh, playing for the, the underage uh, year groups and then, and then coming straight into the first team. I think, yeah, he is a very interesting player. Um, I'm pretty sure he made his debut for Lithuania before he made his debut for Toro, which I, was probably a rarity in, uh, in national football.
0: I think he may have made more starts for Lithuania than he has for Torino yeah. still as well.
1: And uh, that may speak a little bit more about Lithuanian, <laughs> the standard of Lithuanian uh, national team but um that isn't going that is not negative at all the the, the fact that he's actually going to get this experience and playing in sort of uh European European qualifiers nation league games world cup qualifiers against really high quality opponents I, th- I mean I, <laughs> I I did notice that after I'd um made a a tip from the next uh uh, Torino manager being uh, Marco Rossi the hungry manager in the very next game they were 2-0 no down two Genetises Lithuania um, so yeah that <laughs> that plan might have already backfired but yeah I think they they did fight back to for a 2-2 draw there but yeah Genitis even in that game I think got booked and um, that might be one thing of, of his game that he might need to cut out
0: uh, the other midfielder was Samuel Ricci. I tried not to look at the pagelli before coming on the pod because I didn't want to be influenced, but uh, I did see something and Ricci got like five and a half. I thought he was good. I And it's all relative because he's been pretty poor this season. But I actually thought he held the midfield together well. He used the ball from the first half. He was always an option. Um, tactic, his tactical fouling was I, it's, a, it's a bit of a horrible thing to say. Tactical fouling was quite good, but I thought he had a more positive influence on the game and it's he was, yeah, it was a little bit more richy than we know and love. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to give him a six and a half. I'm going to go against uh, certain other Torino podcasts and publications. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought that was his best performance of the season so far. So yeah, I'll go for a 6.5. All right, we'll do the we'll do the the two forwards. Hopefully I'm not missing anyone. Uh, Pietro Pellegrini starting another game. I've got a theory on on Pietro Pellegrini and I wanted to mention this. Um he was obviously exploded as a young player and I think a lot of that was due to his physicality because he is so big and when he was 16 he must have just been I don't think it's it physically he's changed that much since he was 16. And I think that probably has a lot to do with why he exploded onto the scene. The other thing is I do I do a lot of sport um and exercise quite a lot, but I'm the least flexible person in the world. And I really need to do yoga, I should do Pilates, and Pietro Pellegrini is do the same because he cannot bend his legs, he cannot stretch, he is so as rigid as me. <laughs> um but the amount of times the ball comes into him and just like spring out your leg like, like he needs a bit of a talent about him. Um and yeah, I thought he was Again, I thought he did some good things. The, the interplay with Sanabria was uh, times it worked. Um, we'll come on to Snabria in a minute. Uh, um, I thought it was six out of ten. Um, I, I didn't think any of our forwards were particularly brilliant. I think Zapata was pretty disappointing when he came on. Um, I realised we're, we're a bit against the clock before our, our first interlude, so I'm going to give Pellegrini a six.
1: Yeah, I think. That, yeah, I think Pellegrini and Sanabria, both think. I think both sixes for me. Um they they worked hard, but yeah, didn't obviously needed Bongiorno to come up with the goal and, and didn't really have many clear cut chances and well, even the half chances they had probably potentially should have done better with.
0: Yeah, I thought Sanabria was really poor in the first half, and I think he got a proverbial bollock in from Yorkshire halftime because he came at the second half. It was like when you mentioned him chasing back, he chased back. He was a little bit more involved in the play. Um, his use of the ball wasn't great. Um But yeah, I think Pellegri was better first half, Snabri second half. uh, Duvan Zapata was pretty poor when he came on as well. Uh, He could probably go to the same yoga class as Pellegri. Um, And yourself. And myself, the three of us, the three big boys. uh, (laughs) We'll do a bit of yoga. Anyway, um, this one's for the Dutch boy. We'll see you on the other side.
1: Hello and welcome back to episode 58 of the Talking Torre podcast. Uh, just a little clip there from the Toro players um, sort of making a tribute to uh, Dutch defender Piers Schuers after the 1-0 win against Alecce. Um Peter, a little bit of a change-up in the, in the Toropedia format here. We're going to do it after the break. Um, I, I'm going to, I'll be honest here, I said it pre pod With Peter being in Malta, I did try and uh, see if there was any uh, ex-Torino players with a, with a link to Malta, maybe somebody who'd ended their career in the Maltese Premier League. Uh, I can't find I couldn't find anybody I didn't search that much I'll be honest but yeah if anybody can um, hit us up with any players who've played for Torino and then gone on to play maybe even started their career in Malta I, I, I don't think Torino have any Maltese players but I could be wrong um, so then given my first idea was out of the uh, question I then I did pass on to my fiance to pick a year and pick three players I got her to pick three players uh, from that year or from that squad, uh, one of which was going to be the Torrepedia. Actually, all three were quite good options, um, but I- I've picked one of them—not um, the most difficult one. Uh, Peter will be pleased to hear, uh, and I think you'll get this. So no pressure.
0: I see what you're doing here, mind games.
1: There's, there's no mind games at all. Here. This is no. This is I'm not. I'm not Jose Mourinho. This is not Jose Mourinho or Taripedia. Um But yeah, no. Just to just to like, accept-
0: you were like Jose. It's like Jose Maria. What's that annoying little prat who was Jose's assistant, Rui Pinto, whatever he was called? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not calling your fiance an annoying little prat. But, but it feels like, yeah, you're kind of like you're being so cocky. You got a few but, scores back that you're you know no, no. having to pick you.
1: No, no, no. It's just it was just. Um, I, sometimes I I think I get caught up in my own head and trying to pick somebody for you, and I'm like. I'm thinking, well, I don't want it to be too recent, but then I don't want it to be too far back. So it was just like, change it up a little bit. And actually, uh, I hadn't heard of this player, um, but that might be due to my sort of a little bit before my time.
0: So that's all I'll say. 1913, right. uh, here we become. pre <laughs> <Free, free> war. <laughs> yeah,
1: Peter was a child. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, so I will give you the years, because I'm a nice guy. Okay. Uh, so 1985 to 87, Chazana, 14 appearances, zero goals. 1987 to 1996, Palmer, 280 appearances, 29 goals. 1996 to 1997, Cagliari, 18 appearances, two goals. Then 1997 to 2000, Torino. Only seven appearances, zero goals. And then ended his career 2000 to 2001. Treviso, 28 appearances and three goals.
0: Lorenzo Minotti? Correct. <laughs> Sorry for the people at home. but Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing like at home...
1: <laughs> The the reason, like I, um, I don't have any memory of this player, but he was in the um, the Italy nineteen ninety four World Cup squad. He
0: he was a very good player. He was, um, yeah, uh, I kind of did get it at Palmer. Um, He was a very elegant centre back um, when Palmer, kind of the all conquering Palmer team, was good ball playing left sided centre back uh, because I used to play three at the back um, and. Yeah, when he came to Torino, I think, talking of of shirts, I think he got an ACL around the time he joined Torino. I
1: think they were explaining uh, the, the seven appearances in over a three-year career span as well. Yeah, I,
0: I, didn't, I didn't remember it being so few. But yeah, he was a very good player. And Torino often had this tendency to pick up players that in the very early Cairo era. I mean, you think of the Rocobas, uh, Di Micheles Stefano Stefano yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, Minotti. Even in the late nineties, we were doing stuff like that. It was a shame. He was a really good player, uh, Lorenzo Minotti, played for Italy as well. Uh, not the fastest, but um, yeah, good player.
1: Just, uh, just quickly, who, yeah. who, who you you a two on
0: your list? Who the other two on the list? I
1: might use, I might use them again. I might use <laughs> them again. <laughs> I might use okay. them again. It's, it's, obviously, this one's not worked, so I might, I might use them again. But well, all you need to do is uh, search a squad that Minotti was in, and then you might be able to find out you know where. Um, but yeah, no, I think one. Well, uh, nah, let's do it. We'll, we'll break
0: the rules. Give, so, give, give, give another one. Do it. We'll do I what, for, for okay. it. I won't get the point for it. I won't lose a point. And you, no one will get a point for this. It's a bonus okay. for, one because so, I, for so, so both, uh, one of
1: them you'll definitely get. The other one was Massimo Brumbi. Give the heart.
0: Massimo Brumbi yeah, was Masimo the other one. Uh, He's the, coach of a uh, Juve, Juve youth team, there, I think. Ah.
1: Um, so this was the one Um, there was a reason I didn't decide to do this Um, so any Swedish uh, podcast listeners I apologise in advance Uh, so 1993 IFO Bromola, 10 appearances 3 goals 1994 to 1999 Helsingborgs I can do that one Uh, 92 appearances 8 goals uh 1999 Torino, three appearances, zero goals. Nineteen ninety-five to two thousand five. Eh, sorry, nineteen ninety-nine to two thousand five, Hansa Rostock, 164 appearances, six goals, two thousand and five to two thousand seven, Brondby, fifty-seven appearances, two goals, back to Helsingborgs between two thousand seven-two thousand ten, seventy-five appearances and eight goals, and then ended his career two thousand eleven, two thousand trail. 2012, lunds Klonner, 43 appearances, three goals.
0: Well, this is when we bought Eric Edmund, um, who obviously went on to Tottenham. I can't remember if we bought two or three Swedish players, but another one was called Marcus Lantz. Yeah, that's correct. All right. Also, oh, I get a, point o- for
1: that. also a coach, uh, a, a Ray Bro, uh, which
0: is in Sweden. You, should yeah. buy, you can buy your fiance a drink for me because she's obviously chosen this, my specialist subject era <laughs> to read that. So.
1: Well, uh, yeah, to, yeah, it was the 19... I think it was ninety nine, 1999-2000 season. Uh, but yeah, no, again, I'd never heard of Lance. Um, and Minotti, again, I feel like probably should have been such a key uh, member of a uh, Parma side who was quite successful in the early 90s in the Italy World Cup squad 1994, but I don't think he made an appearance in the tournament and um, but yeah initially on that season I think he only made one appearance and so then sort of looked a little bit more in detail because I thought I can't I can't just pick Peter somebody who made one appearance with Torino that's a little bit that's a little bit too tough but yeah no as soon as he'd made a couple of appearances spread over a few seasons I thought we'd go for it but yeah no well played back uh, uh getting, getting a point back
0: I like it when um are 58 episodes deep into a pod and Lorenzo Minotti and Marcus Lance, two players, two names. I like it when there's names that you've not mentioned. It's quite yeah. it's quite good. Well, wait
1: right till we're on episode 362. <laughs> It'll be. <laughs> yeah. But for, obviously, I can see Peter and you, the listeners at home cannot. There's there's actual genuine fear in his eyes at the idea of having to do another 300 episodes of this. <laughs> it's
0: just like, yeah. um. All right, what well, what the hell are we talking about? Italia. All Copper right, Italia. so this has this creeped up on us. And uh, as anyone, well, not anyone, but any, yeah, probably anyone who's listened to this pod knows my frustration with a few frustrations with the Copper Italia. The format's fucking terrible. Sorry for my language. <laughs> um, I, it it kind of disgusts me, the whole kind of, yeah, uh, the kind of Wimbledon seed- seeding format that I don't really like. Um, the fact that Torino... Winning it in the year after getting to the semi-final have kind of yeah, I've been pretty pathetic in it. Um this is our best hope. I remain convinced despite the flawed format of getting into Europe. Uh, we've got Frozinoni at home on Thursday. If we win, we'll play Napoli and I think Napoli will be Napoli away, I think. But I don't think Napoli are quite the threat they were and they're gonna have other distractions if we do get that far.
1: And uh, uh, Robert Cre knocked them out last season away from home as well.
0: Yeah, when we couldn't manage to beat Fiorentina who um, had other things going on. But I, I got a few things for you in the Copper Italia. And which kind of sums up my frustration with the format. And again, apologies for swearing a minute ago. It's you know, we only really do it one every ten episodes. So Bear with me, but uh, since the year 2000, obviously, um, we've never got beyond the last four. Um, since winning it, how many times have we got to the last four? Excluding that, sorry, since getting to the semi-final in the year after winning it, how many times have we, uh, not the last four, sorry, the last eight, how many times have we had the opportunity to get to the semi-final? Twice. Um, five times. Oh, Ninety five, oh nine, eighteen, twenty, twenty three. If we'd won, we'd have got to Yeah, uh, and,
1: and that's what, and that's where it becomes a two-legged affair, and maybe it uh, yeah. becomes a little bit more um, sort of of a fairer cup com- competition. That that one team isn't just automatically seen at home. Am I right in thinking that Alessandro have uh, been in a Coppa Italia semi-final more recently than Torino?
0: But yeah, lots. Of, I mean, lots of teams have, and. We are the perennial last 16, we've got we've got to the last 16 two, three, four, eight times. Um, but how many times do you think in the year, since the year 2000, have we gone out of the Coppa Italia at home? So in 20 years, so we've always gone out at some stage, we've yeah. never got to the semi-final and played two legs. So how many times has our exit in 20 years been at home?
1: Well, I was there for one of them, which was Lazio at home um,
0: and Joseph Martinez scoring. Oh, I might have um, uh, I might have messed that one up there. <laughs> so <laughs> there's might, at least <laughs> one, might be um, one more, there um, might be one more. So, could it be two? <laughs> uh, it's only four. So okay. I've got I've got Empoli. We lost to Empoli in the early 2000s. Uh, we lost to Pescara uh, in the se- our best ever season under Ventura. We actually went out to Italia in August. Immobile uh, scored against Pescara. And they were a Serie B team. And we I've got us losing five seasons ago to Fiorentina 2-0 at home. And if you tell me we went I have yeah. got Lazio we've lost to Lazio twice. Uh, but I must have missed that one of them was at home and I take Yeah, the word well, yeah one, yeah, one was yeah, one
1: was at home. I think it was um I think it was like uh, three one. it would have been in the would have been in Ventura.
0: Yeah, the Felipe Anderson score. He used to always score against us. I, I
1: don't know. I'll be honest, I cannot remember. I I think we had I think uh Castellazzi might have got sent off. Um oh, Okay. Uh so yeah. Vague recollections of the game. Um oh, like I can remember with Martinez scoring really. And then the, the funny story of that being that I then ended up getting a Joseph Martinez Serena shirt. But that one that one ended well. Alright.
0: <laughs> Glad you did well out of <laughs> uh, we've never played Frozzy you nine know, in the Copper Italia. Um Winning today, I think, helps because I would like us to take this question seriously. And I think if we lost today, I mean, Yurich's job could have been under threat, um, but it would have been Routiro. I think it would have been Rutiro going into Sassuolo. Um, I would like us to take this game seriously, although with a certain injury situation and also a certain need for certain players to get into form, rather than talk about Frozionian because I think they'll approach the game I think for them being able to survive in Serie A for the first time is a, is a big thing. I, I think Torino should be more motivated than them. Um, but I'll give you my start in 11. What I think is a mix of what I would do and what Juric may do. Okay. okay. And then you give me yours. I think Jimello has to play in goal because if Vanya ever gets injured, he's only ever played once. The guy is. The guy's probably in what, his mid-30s by now. I mean, he's... He's got six kids. I'm I'm joking, but the guy, yeah, uh, he needs to play some football. So I would play Jamelo in goal. I think in the back three is the biggest worry because Ricardo Rodriguez has pretty much played every game. Bonjour is just back from injury. And I think Vorveda probably has to come further forward um, and play at wing-back. So I would go Sazanov. I think Engusen makes his debut and either Rodriguez plays or David Zima comes in and we try and get an hour out of him. Uh then the four in the middle is difficult I think Voivoda and because uh, Brandon Sopp is out uh I think Belenov has to play again with Voivoda as wing backs so are you then- are
1: you're go- you going for um- Two up front or two sort
0: of Trey and a striker? I, I think the Trey will come in and try and get him into form. And I think he'll play. I think Illich has to play, uh, which means I don't think uh, Guinetis plays because he's a bit similar to Illich. I don't think Ritchie plays. I don't think Tameze plays. I think Linetti plays again. So it's Illich and Linetti in midfield. And I think he, he will go with Vlasic and Radonic to try and get him back in form. And I think uh, he'll play Tony Sanabria. Uh, back in like the last season role. Personally, I'd like to see Yan Karamo given some minutes. Uh, I do not want to see Dembasset given some minutes. And I think uh, Zapata and Pellegui just need to, given certain injury concerns, not start this game. So I think, I don't think that'll be anywhere probably near the team, but I think that will kind of be, I think it needs to be that mix of A, get players back into form, B, play a serious team, and see defensively, we just got to be a little bit careful. Um, because the other thing is, coffee Gigi uh, sure is out for the season. David Zima is re- his fitness is really not reliable. Um, coffee Gigi, I don't know exactly when he'll be back. And if Torino do any business in January, those players won't be ready until early February because we'll do our business on the 31st of January. So I think we need to be a little bit, we need to be protective over. Uh, Rodriguez and Bongiorno for me for sure
1: yeah this um my team's quite similar, um maybe in the aspects of what potentially Eurich might do, and then maybe very different in things that I would do, and Eurich definitely won't do uh so i've kept- I've kept with the three five two um given the fact that it had a little bit of um well definitely had some success uh, tonight, and maybe sort of getting the players a little bit more used to that formation uh so I've also gone Jamela in goal. Zima, Sazanov and Ingesan in the back. Um, wow. Uh, so then I've gone Voivoda right wing back. Uh, I've gone for Nemanja Radonjic as my left wing back.
0: You live uh, in the stream. You live in the yeah, stream i, that I, is I,
1: the I, I I'm never going i never going to give up on this uh, idea. I just think potentially gives another... It, it, when you've got the three century fooders, that sort of makes the idea a little bit uh, more realistic, potentially, that you've already got somebody in the midfield who can cover, Rodonjic can sort of go and not necessarily have to track back as as quickly. But honestly, he's also trying to get back into favour with Juric. And if Juric is asking ask him to do that role, otherwise he's not going to play for another three weeks, then maybe he's he's going to be able to do it. But and, uh, given the I... uh, lack of ability and uh, lack of options at left wing back, that's sort of a, an option I've
0: gone for. Could, could I flip it? Um, would Nikola Vlasic not make a really good right wing back? Is That's not a natural habitat very industrious yeah fit fit as a fiddle, fit as a fiddle, um you know, but can't score or create he's, <laughs> he, well he's re, he's you know, for a wing back, he'd be reasonably be good in the final third if you if you got him into those yeah. kind of attacking positions on the edge of the box is that his natural habitat right wing back
1: uh, i mean, I feel like uh whoever his manager was at everton uh David Moyes at West Ham, and maybe you're rich. Uh, at Turino must be wondering what on earth happened where he was named the best player in uh Russia when he was at CSK Moscow because I'm pretty sure he had a season where he hit double figures for goals and assists. Now I don't think the Russian league is in the in the time that Vlasic played was that was that poor quality of a of a of a league, but obviously that's he'd already had a spell uh, in the premier league at everton that didn't work out went went over to russia did really well again west ham for some reason thought oh we'll just do the same thing again it maybe it was just them but no it it definitely wasn't uh, and Torino made the same mistake again i, I, I it's hard to dislike vasić because of his indus- industrial nature he has flashes of sort of you you can see that there's a player in there i think maybe it's a confidence thing i think you can you can see sometimes visually that he, when um, Marancic, who was quite often compared to, to Vlasic last season, Marancic you wouldn't know if they would fight, if the team was 5-0 up or 5-0 down and he'd scored a hat-trick or he'd not had a touch of the ball, he just looked exactly the same, nothing really phased him Vlasic I think sometimes maybe physically looks a little bit more sort of, if he's had a bad touch or he's had a bad game, like he looks like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders so maybe it's a confidence thing and yeah it's not a terrible idea, I think the, the cup game is a perfect opportunity to play players in positions that you wouldn't naturally see them and especially with our, with our injury problems, getting a little, like Vojvodos come in uh, for necessity at, at right centre-back, probably did a better job than Taneze did there. So why not use this as an opportunity to play more attacking players in in the wing-back positions? That's what they did with uh, Lazovic uh, at Hellas. Uh, he was a winger and Juric turned him into a wing-back and, and whether and that's something that we can look at when we sort of need, especially if Vojvodos is going to have to play uh, in, the, in the back three for, for a prolonged period of time. Um All right, my, my so midfield three. Uh Illich, Tomezo, Richie. Um I think Rich Illich and Richie uh, both just need, like say, play in, play back him into form a little bit. Uh I think Ginitas's performance might um already sort of have um Jurich having it, him in mind for the for the Sasarola game on, on next Monday. Um so yeah, I would maybe I'd like definitely. I think Illich will definitely play Tomezo Hasn't really had much of an opportunity in his preferred central midfield position. Uh, and yeah, then there's question mark on maybe Richie, Linetti or Junitis as, as the third option. Um, and then up front, again, I've I've gone for your man, Jan. Um, I think he of all the sort of uh, Trey Quartistas, he's probably the most natural player who could play in a front two with another option. He did try and play up front of his own um, and that did not work particularly well um, last season. But I think he, he just dropped off the sort of totally out of your rich's favours uh, and his plans uh, he's been out of favour and he's dropped out of his plans I don't really know what the reasons for that whether it's a training thing whether it's an attitude thing whether it's he he's not gone to Burnley and uh, that was remit in the summer and he's sort of not too happy about it but I'd like to see Caramel my play and I've gone for Zapata um, and we touched on his sort of performance coming off the bench didn't look great um, I'm not sure how much he just didn't look particularly fit to me um so maybe he just needs some some games in the in the legs, even, even sixty minutes. Um and hopefully sort of gets a goal and gets a little bit of confidence back, a little bit more fitness back, and then rest him for the weekend.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't dislike your team, it might even be better than mine. Uh, um I don't think Carabao could play with Sanabria. You'd have to play with Pellegri or I think pass would be a good call. Um yeah, maybe your team with with Lazic on the right and I think yeah, Ilich and Richie, they kind of need a date night together, don't they? I think they need to need to get a babysitter in for the kids and they need to get on again. So um Well they did have the
1: moment where they both sort of were dying their hair at alternate weeks, so I felt that they were getting on quite well. Yeah,
0: but... uh, yeah, yeah, I think maybe it all went wrong when the uh, when Richie, <laughs> Richie copied his hair. So. Yeah. But uh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, okay. Um, do we do predictions for Coppa Italia? Do we do we do we do we? Yeah, do yeah. That? yeah no
1: that's fine. You, what was it, what were our predictions for Lecce? I think I had two
0: two. Oh, we, d- we didn't reveal them publicly. I predicted us to lose three one to Lecce, and you predicted a two two. So oh, yeah. uh, for Asinoni, I was early this week. I would have said we'll go out on penalties. I think we'll win two one in extra time.
1: Uh, I think you're right about Fosunone this not being their sort of um, main priority this season. They've got, a, um, I know they've started the, the season relatively well, but their main priority is going to be staying up. So I think they will make a lot of changes, uh, potentially even changing the entire eleven. Uh, interestingly, you men- mentioned them the second and not having them anywhere near your team. There was a lot of rumours that obviously sec might be going to Fosunone and maybe that would have been beneficial to Torino as a whole in terms of getting in that experience, which, again, at some stage, we need to maybe just give up on the experience and and admit that we've wasted the money. But, um, yeah, I think they will not be as motivated for this game. Like I say, it's maybe one of the easiest ways of getting into Europe for Torino. Um, And not only Europe, like the Europa League, like... Like through the league, really, the only sort of potential way you could see Torino getting in sneaking in is the conference league. At least if you win the Cup, uh, cup of Italia, you get, get straight into the Europa League. Uh, so I will go 2 0 Torino.
0: All right, that takes us to Monday. Um, I haven't done this much. Are we playing at the stupid slot on Monday? We're we playing on the evening slot on Monday, it's the you evening,
1: know? evening slot on Monday. We've, okay, been, we've been promoted.
0: that's good. Saswalo at home is. I think one of the most random um, hard, hard to predict uh, results kind of over the last decade. I mean, Bernau and Sassuolo have only really existed as a in, as a thing in the last 15, 20 years, but we've played them pretty consistently over the last decade, because we came up from Serie B at a similar time. We beat them in their first ever Serie A game. Um, and we have, it's one thing Torino have done quite well is to beat teams in their first ever Serie A appearance. Because we also I'm pretty sure we beat Frozino in their first ever Serie A game and we beat Piacenza in the nineties in their first ever Serie A game. So we are good at something. Um but Sassuolo at home, yeah, we won that one first first one too. We've lost three times, including last season, with I think it was a terrible game where we lost the last kick of the match to a goal from someone called Alvarez, who I've not heard of since. We went through this kind of glory period um, where we won five home games in a row. Uh, So it was a Joe Hart, I call it, last home game. Um, And then Simone, this is the kind of Simone Zaza fixture because he scored 25% of his Torino goals in the Torino home match against Sassuolo. So four out of 16. Um, And he played for Sassuolo as well earlier in his career and it kind of all went wrong when we dominated that game in Eurich's first season and Raspadori scored late on um they're a really hard team to call um because they often go and play the bigger teams and catch them off guard and then they could also be dire um yeah their, do their, their, so... rec-
1: their record since beating Juventus and into back to back they lost at home to Monza uh drew 1-1 away to Lecce lost 2-0 no at, uh, no at home to Lazio, who this season ended up being great, and uh, drew 1-1 against Bologna.
0: Yeah, and if we're predicting Torino to go through in the Coppa Italia, do we think Torino will win three three games in eight days?
1: Um, well, I wouldn't count uh, Coppa Italia as being in, that three, in that, those three games. Um, yeah, do, the, we think, three do we think Torino
0: will win two games in eight days? Uh, two league games in eight days? Uh, <laughs>
1: I'm more. I'm more optimistic than I would have been had we lost um, today. Um, this is. This, I mean, this really is the the run of fixtures that can really get Torino's um, season back on track. Um, in in the league, at least Sassuolo at home, Monza away, Bologna away. I mean, that's potentially even if, if we get two wins at those three, that's a, a very good chance to to sort of get get us back in, in the conversation of at least a top 10 finish.
0: So what are you going for Monday yeah. night?
1: Monday night, I will go Torino 2, Sassuolo 1.
0: Yeah. I still, I've still i still got the shivers from watching that Verona home game. Um, we're bad at home. Let's I mean, break it down. I think we've still not scored at home since March. Uh, in the first half, sorry we've I, I saw a graphic the other day we've either won like three or four home games all calendar year um the Bologna 1-1 Sassuolo... the
1: Bologna 1-1 uh, one, one was today
0: yeah, yeah um yeah I don't know it's hard to predict Torino at home with any confidence to score many goals and Saswalo has said a very random I think I'm going to go 1-1 one, one. um I just don't. Just the the body of evidence is not there that we're capable that, of winning a home game. It's pretty. Reason.
1: It's pretty amazing that we we're actually and we we're above them. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean they've they've had
1: beaten into and in
0: Juventus. But that says it all about Sassuolo. And there's a uh, yeah, there's a lot of Barardi Barardi fanboys that out there on Twitter as well. Yeah. If.
1: We can take out the fact that we scored um three goals in one game. Uh in the remaining nine <laughs> games, Trino have scored four.
0: Well, there's a stat um wasn't it we played eighty five minutes at, all? We, at eighty-five minutes in the inter game, we had eleven players on the pitch and none of them had yeah. scored this season. So yeah. and um yeah, our top goal scorer is nowhere near the first team at the moment. So
1: no. Well our second top goal scorer is now Alessandro Bonjour.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh he may well finish the season top goal scorer. But um and he's still waiting for his talking Toro player of the year trophy, so we need to uh yeah, maybe imagine we, how good Maybe we need to imagine go over it. to
1: Turin ourselves and uh, deliver that one.
0: Yeah. Well um yeah, that, that trophy. I think it's somewhere in Portsmouth somewhere, Mesa. But um we will um that might be the much needed boost, Alessandro needs to to get a few more goals. So, if he,
1: if he received the the trophy and then was going to do a celebration, he changed his normal sort of um, morning coffee celebration just to be something a, a bespoke tribute to you, Peter Bourne. What would you What would you prefer?
0: I don't know. But he's probably going to do the Pompey bell ringing or something, <laughs> isn't he? So. <laughs> I'm like, yeah,
1: that sure if there's a Yeah, uh, yeah. If there's anything sort of Vale or um, Southampton related that you could do, maybe make a Make a little bit of pottery for you. I suppose that's more synonymous with Stoke, unfortunately.
0: I don't know. know. We're, the, we're, the, we're, the heart, we're the heartlands of Staffordshire. So, yeah, it, it might be ghost scene or something like that. <laughs>
1: yeah. i <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, I'm very laughs> like, this pod's turning into a tone. This is why we don't do Saturday evening pods. Yeah, it's <laughs> a very I- different I- podcast. <laughs>
0: It's trying to think. Yeah, I mean, you just see Bongiorno putting his arms round. I don't know Carolinetti. Who's the most Patrick Swayze of the squad? I mean, Scherz so, sure, sure, sure is out, but we yeah, I mean, Carol Carolinetti can probably. Pavel Nedved's not available, is he, to place Patrick Swayze? So, um, but yeah,
1: it, yeah,
0: we'll have to see. Uh, probably even even a Lich in a Demi Moore role. But um, yeah, I didn't think we were talking about ghosts, but. Um, no.
1: Well, we, we've we've had enough ghosts on the Torino performances this season. They've usually been wearing marine shirts, so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah. This, at least we've had a a, a Torino victory to discuss, um, as it's been uh, yeah mid mid September since the last one.
0: There we have. So we'll be back post Sassuolo, pre Monza. Um, I think Rob, we got maybe an exciting announcement. Well, judge whether excited. We've got an announcement to make next week, haven't we?
1: Yes, so. we do. Yeah, we'll hold you in suspense for for that. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, we've had a what, two week, three week break. So yeah, been uh, been good to get get back at it, and uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your time in Malta.
0: Thank you, and uh, I'll see you. Yeah, enjoy the Coppa Italia, enjoy yeah. Sassuolo. We'll be back, and Forza toro. Yeah, I'm just
1: I'm just gonna go and uh, book some uh, yoga classes for yourself and Pietro Pellegrini. Fortitudo.